This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Russell, pump fake for three at the top of the arc. Rose to James. Swing right for three. God save the kick. 2-1. Lakers lead the Warriors in this best of seven. Do so in dominant fashion tonight. Final score. Los Angeles, 127. Golden State, 97. This is going to be a battle to the end, man. We're thankful to get this one, but come Monday, you know, we're going to have a dog fight on our hands. Which player can change the narrative about them the most in the postseason? A lot of that audio you just heard, courtesy of ESPN Radio. Join our conversation here on Gantian Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, Gabe Nigel, Aaron Goldhammer, filling in for the guys. Give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Which player can most change the narrative about them in the playoffs? ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Aaron said that James Harden is the person who can change the narrative about them most. I said it was Nikola Jokic just because he's the two-time league MVP. And he's kind of been looked at. The teams he's been on have been unable to make it to the NBA Finals, be able to win that championship. We go out to the phone lines and we go to Colton in Arizona. Colton, you're on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What's up, Colton? Hey, guys, thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, I'd like to respond to exactly what you just said about Nikola Jokic. Um, So if you look at his past two years in the playoffs, right, two years ago, didn't have Jamal Murray, lost him, you know, right before the playoffs, and then they go on to face the Suns in the second round, who, by the way, went to the NBA Finals. Last year, they didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. They actually had a joke of a starting five lineup. Jokic carried that team to the playoffs. Oh, and by the way, they played the Warriors in the first round, who won the Finals. So, as far as them saying that, if you look at Jokic's numbers, including this year, to say that he doesn't produce or doesn't perform in the playoffs is absolutely ridiculous. The man's averaged 40, 12, and 11 over the past three games. And if you want to talk about somebody who really doesn't perform in the playoffs or who really isn't always there, Dwell Embiid, always injured, doesn't perform in the playoffs. If you look at his his numbers compared to Jokic, it's a joke. Jokic, his numbers, like, they're, they're, they're so much better than Joel Embiid's. Joel Embiid hasn't done anything in the playoffs outside of getting injured. Jokic performs, he carries his team, and this year with the fully not healthy Nuggets team, you'll see them advance further in the playoffs. And we appreciate the call, Colton. And for all of that, I mean, the postseason comes down to one thing. Did you win or did you lose? And I'm not arguing. I mean, Jokic had 53 points last night. But for everything that he does, if his team can't make it to an NBA Finals is it not fair to ask, can this be the guy that can win a championship? Is that not a fair question to ask, Aaron? I think it's not a fair question to ask if he plays great. I mean, look, we asked this about LeBron when he totally, what you know, uh, uh, played horrible in the 2011 finals against Dallas, right? I mean, like, the blood of that series was on his hands. James Harden the same thing has happened like he's gone two for 11 in a lot of big playoff games that the Rockets or whoever have lost they missed 27 consecutive three-pointers do you remember that game I do remember that Th- yes that Houston had against Golden State okay well <laughs> game seven, fall, everybody's it's... excited and then oh they yeah. missed 27 threes in a row and it just it ends up being a blowout so Gabe what I'm saying to you is to me how matters it's not just oh we won oh we lost let's look at the simulation and we'll blame the star player no if he averages 45 a game 
Like, it wasn't LeBron's fault they lost the 2015 finals. He almost won the MVP of the series on a team that lost in six. He got legitimate votes for it. Yeah, and somehow, I, I still don't understand how Andre Iguodala ended up winning the finals in that series. Oh, he, he did a great job defensively on LeBron. No, he didn't. Everybody was talking about <laughs> LeBron potentially being the MVP despite losing in six. The series turned when he got inserted into the starting lineup, but it is an odd footnote in history. <laughs> I'll agree with you, do, but do, do you see what I'm saying? The, the yes. how... We shouldn't be just so, I don't know, reactionary as a sports community to say, okay, this team lost, well, we're just going to blame the star player. We'll say he can't win the big one. No, I, I agree with Colton. I think Jokic has been a phenomenal big game player. And he's knock on whatever I can knock on, knock on this weird uh, leather material of the couch that I'm sitting on. Uh, he has not been hurt. He has played his butt off and in every playoff game where his team has needed him and you can't say that about Joel Embiid or James Harden who've been hurt for huge swaths of their team's playoff career one other thing is there a coach who you'd add to this list most to gain most to lose is there a coach left in the playoffs who you think I mean Monty Williams has not won a championship no Doc Rivers only won one and it was you know we feel like his job is on the line right in this Boston yeah I, because his job is on the line I think Doc has the most to gain okay because and the most employed, and the most to lose and, yes and potentially and the most be, to lose because, because the further you, they go do you the, think the about him as a champion is. or do you think about him as the guy who's blown so many 3-1 leads I've lost count you know, I mean, um, you could look at that both ways. Yeah, I think I ultimately think of him as a champion. I feel like he's been more or less looked at pretty good, whether he was in Boston, whether he was with the Clippers. Like, he was a pretty good hire. I think everybody went universally, oh, Doc is definitely the right person in Philly. That still remains to be seen. But yeah. I, I, yeah. universally, it seemed like Doc still has a pretty favorable opinion of him. Yeah. Um, one Do you guy have a coach? We, well, I think. I think Doc is a really interesting one, and I also think that if the Heat were to do this and get to the finals, there is a short list of coaches that I would put above Eric Spolstra all time. All time. I mean, like, he would go on a list with Pop, and and look, I know he's won his championships with Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron, um, but he is a guy who always maximizes his team, and I think he's one of the great NBA coaches of all time. And when you look at what he's done in upsetting the Bucks, and now they've got the Knicks on the ropes, you know, starting with this game tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's one that if they were to make a real long run as the eight seed, like this would maybe be his best coaching job ever. Yeah, and I think when you start talking about Spo, yes, it becomes more of an all-time thing because he's already in that upper echelon as – if he's not the best, he's he's one, two, three, somewhere in there. He's the most underrated there. coach in sports, I think. Nobody considers him as good as he is. Everybody really? just says, oh, really, it's Pat Riley, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I look think, at him as one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA right now. See, I think people would consider Pop and Belichick yes. and guys like that as mm-hmm. in another tier. And I think that Eric Spolstra belongs right there as the best coach, period, going in sports right now. Any sport. Which player can most change the narrative about them in the NBA playoffs? Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Ed in Michigan, you're on Canty and Carlin with Gabe Neitzel and Aaron Goldhammer. What up, Ed? Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, Gabe. Listen, I heard you guys talking about you can't hold Jokic to, you know, the standard because he's whatever. And then you said LeBron. You can't hold LeBron to this standard. You can hold LeBron to every standard. When he, if he doesn't win, he's a failure. 
And because LeBron is an exception to every rule because he's that player who's been allowed to be his own GM. So when he fails, it is at the feet of him every single year. Is that true when he succeeds, though? Sure, it's when he succeeds. But guess what? LeBron hasn't succeeded more than he's failed. He wasn't the GM of that Miami team. He didn't build that team. That was Pat Riley. Pat Riley totally got that. Well, Everybody I mean, knows in 2015, he doesn't oh, win in Cleveland. The NBA beat LeBron. Ed, Ed, come on. Who, who yep. got the whole group together with Bosch and Dwayne Wade? I mean, they, they cooked I'm it up at the sure. Olympics. Pat yeah, Riley wasn't even the guys, there. The guys talk, Pat Riley wasn't there in 2011? I mean, he wasn't at, at the, the Olympics. Olympics when they all decided that they were going to play together. Like, if you want to blame LeBron for the signing of Russell Westbrook, you got to give him credit for going to Miami with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. You, you can't selectively apply this. Um, I do think LeBron, I mean, imagine title number five, Gabe. We haven't even brought up his name, but the list of guys who've won five championships, I mean, it's like Kobe, obviously Jordan got to six, Kareem, but that's a real short list of the all-time greatest winners with obviously Russell at the top. And the span in which he's doing it, I think, is important as well. When you look at if, if he were to get the job done here, going back to the first time he appeared in the finals to who knows if this would be the last time if the Lakers were to end up you know, going to the finals this year. Plus, you want to talk about Spo in an eight seed LeBron and having to go through the playing tournament as well. I mean, the, I'm it's just pretty, saying it's pretty. It's pretty juicy. It, it would be yes. It would be a, a fun He's story. He's not but the, the best player on his team, though. Right. I mean, like, yeah, may, although for them to win this series, I mean, maybe he's going to need to be. But remember, Gabe, he's doing this when there were two prominent foot doctors telling him to get season ending surgery. <laughs> That's another again, another, no pun intended, footnote on what's going on with the Lakers right now. But the problem Hey-o. with Los Angeles is this. What is your confidence in Anthony Davis being able to put together back to back not even dominant games. I'll just say big games. Oh, I think the Warriors are going to win tonight, Gabe. I really do. I I just think when they've really needed it in the playoffs, whether it be games three and four of the Sacramento series, game seven of the Sacramento series, game two of this series at home, which they needed, they've kind of flipped the switch on and off during the playoffs. They've been through this so many times. So... I don't have a high level of confidence that Davis can stay healthy through this grind. Uh, And I also just, I I have a supreme, I'm shocked the Lakers are favored tonight, Gabe. They're three-point favorites, and I am all over. I don't want to give you the amount, but it is significant dollars that I have on Golden State. You jumped in. Yes. I I am all in on Golden State to win this game tonight, plus the three. I think they win it outright, but I definitely pick them plus the three. Yeah, it's it's going to be a wild game later tonight. But the, again, the problem is Anthony Davis. It's unbelievable how consistent, how consistently inconsistent this dude is. Game one, thirty points, twenty three rebounds. Game two, eleven points. Like, what yeah. are we? And then he yeah. bounces back and has twenty five points, thirteen rebounds. He's literally been doing this all postseason. Yeah. Where he'll have a double double, and then he'll have a sub fifteen point game. It's And the Lakers, you cannot survive like that. You need to actually have Anthony Davis be able to put together back-to-back big games. I don't know why he hasn't done it. But at this point, Aaron, I can't have any confidence that he's suddenly going to be able to do it. Does he need to, though? Because think about it this way, okay? They won game one of this series. Yep. So 
it, they could lose tonight, and if he plays great in games five and seven, that could be enough for them. <laughs> All he has to do is play great in two of the next four, and it's going to put them in position. How would you rank the players in this series, Gabe? Who's the best player in the series? <sighs> best player in the series? It's got to be Steph, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Right now, I'm not talking right, about yes, all time. Yeah, I, I know you're not talking about all time, and I, I still have a hard time ranking anyone above LeBron. But Steph is the correct answer. And then, what about number two pick? If you had the number two pick, would you take Davis? Braun, I would take LeBron. Clay. I would take Braun. You would take Braun, and then would you take Davis or Clay? Like who Davis do you feel then like Clay. You could... I would go Davis just because the ceiling is so high. Like you said, if I can get if as long as I get him to play well in the odd numbered games. If he doesn't play play well in game one, then I'm toast, right? Yeah. But if he plays well, like you mentioned, one, three, five, and seven, yeah. then then you're sitting golden. You know what's amazing about the Lakers? It, we simplify this down sometimes, but they've gotten great playoff performances from Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And Jared Vanderbilt has played really well at times this postseason. Like Rui Achimura has had some <laughs> moments at times. He's hit more three-pointers, I think, in this playoff than he'd hit at any point in his career <laughs> leading up to this. So, you know, I think there's actually a path where they could win a game if LeBron is great, where they don't get the great Davis performance. Um, which I can't believe I'm saying because there was a time this year where I thought there was no way the Lakers were going to do anything. And here they are two wins away from the Western Conference Finals and with a chance to really end a dynasty in some ways with what's going on with Golden State. I just don't think it – I think this series might go seven, and I think the Warriors win tonight. I I would agree with you in terms of the Warriors winning tonight just because they have an uh, the ability – because, as you mentioned, they've been there so many times. Very rarely in sports do you see a team that can actually turn it on and off. I think that the Warriors have that ability. Hard to see them not turning it on tonight against the Lakers. But in terms of the Lakers, this is what everybody was talking about around the trade deadline back in February. Oh, man, if the Lakers can put it together, this team can be scary. And the problem is we see when they can be scary, it's great. But the floor is so low, it's just such a high variance night to night that goes uh-huh. along with Anthony Davis. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which player can most change the narrative about them in the postseason? Whether that's most to gain, most to lose, we go out to Justin in Virginia. You're on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with Gabe Nigel and Aaron Goldhammer. Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. Appreciate you taking my time. Um, I think the answer for both is the same person. I think it's Chris Paul because you're going to look at him as an all-time great that, you know, people kind of going to lump him in that Carmelo Anthony conversation if if they get bounced because, again, he can't stay healthy when they need him the most. Um, I think he – oh, He's kind of cutting out there. but So he, he threw out Chris Paul. But, I mean, I understand avoiding being on the all-time list of – the Charles Barkleys, the Stocktons, the Malones, the great players that are Hall of Famers that never won the bleep, a title. The bleep list. It's the list you don't <laughs> want to be on. Yes, right? you don't want to be on that list. But, I don't know, it, to me, Chris Paul has so little to do right now with whether or not the Suns make it, just because of what Booker and KD have been doing, right? Well, if, it, it's, it, it's really down to those two more than Chris Paul. I got to see how the rest of their playoff run plays out, though. I mean, do do we have any sense how close he would be? Like, is he going to play again in this series? Um, 
Maybe if it goes on long enough, I guess I was under the impression that more Western Conference Finals may be a chance at like a Game 7. I just, part of his legacy to me is, I mean, he got hurt when Houston went up 3-2 on Golden State in a year where that would have been an incredible win Mm -hmm. to pull. And then, like last year, for example, they, they probably had the best team in the regular season. Um, and whatever happened, the, the gong went off for them in that series against Dallas. But it, his part of his story is that he has not been available to his team when they need him the most. Yeah, and, and that goes back whether he's – we're talking Clippers, you mentioned Houston, and obviously yeah. now yeah. as he's playing with Phoenix. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. John in Orlando, you're on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What's up, John? Hey, how you guys doing today? We're great. That's perfect. Um, I think, honestly, one of the biggest game changers in a series is D'Angelo Russell. I think that in all the segments that I've seen covering these games, he's not being talked about nearly enough that he should be being talked about. I mean, obviously, with AD and LeBron performing in the game, that's going to open him up a lot more. But if he's not hitting the shots that he has been hitting in these games, L.A. is in a lot of trouble. And I think that he's put a lot of the work on his back as well. I mean, shoot, you go back and look at the past, what, seven games that he's played in? Yep. I mean, he's yep 21 points last game, 10 the game before, 19 before, 31. Yep. I mean, he is a stud. Yep. And he played, and a, great, and he exactly played a great first LA quarter. Did. John, the other thing with, with Russell that I'll say, do you think this series is a little bit personal for him? Given the fact that he yeah. ends up in Golden State after the Durant deal, Right, and they end up shipping him off to Minnesota, and then everybody said, "Oh, what a terrible move for the Timberwolves because Wiggins goes there and helps them win a championship." So it's it. There's also a little bit more to this series for D'Angelo Russell than just Warriors against the Lakers, as he tries to rub it back in the face of the organization, who basically said, "We can't win with you." Yeah, and he's been secretly on that Anthony Davis plan as well, where he plays one great game and then it's on. Oh, well, I guess it was fine. And then only another great game. We'll see what he does tonight. If the Warriors, though, even though I know it's your pick of the night, it's your stone-cold lock of the century of the week, Aaron. If the Warriors don't get it done, they're cooked, right? Down 3-1? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody would love to say, oh, LeBron came back 3-1 down against Steph. Steph comes back 3-1 down against LeBron. The the idea that they're, with the miles they have on their team, going to be able to win three straight games against the Lakers, I find that very hard to believe. But, I look, I find it hard to believe that the Warriors aren't going to win tonight, okay? I don't mean to lose America a bunch of money, but I feel as <laughs> confident about this one as I have any playoff game so far this year. I am staking my reputation as an NBA prognosticator. Fan. I don't know what my qualifications are. I once played JCC basketball at a very low level. But I'm telling you, if I know hoops, take the Warriors plus the three tonight, and you'll thank me in the morning. One of the other series going on, but over in the Eastern Conference, a little bit of pressure on the Knicks as they take on the Heat. Is there more pressure on Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle? We'll get the answer next on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Back to Harden, quarter three. It's good. James Harden gives Philly the lead. 42 for James Harden. It was a big time win. To be resilient like that and everybody may play down the stretch, uh, that was a big time. Sound courtesy of ESPN Radio. It's Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel. He is Aaron Goldhammer as we fill in for the guys. And we continue to talk about the NBA playoffs with our guest, Quentin Richardson, former NBA player and host of the Knuckleheads podcast. Follow him on Twitter at QRich. And, Quentin, I want to start with the Lakers as they get ready to take on the Golden State Warriors tonight. It's been so up and down for Anthony Davis. What is your confidence level of Anthony Davis being able to put together back-to-back dominant games? Uh, my confidence is not out. You know, I, I definitely know that he's capable of doing it. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, baffled as to why, you know, the the, the – on and off games, I've been coming that way. It's, it's kind of shocking to me. I don't know what's going on, but I, uh, we've seen him do it before. We know he can do it, but I don't know why he hasn't been doing it. That's that's. I think that's a big mystery to everybody watching this. Q, does he need to be awesome for the Lakers to win this series? I believe so. I believe you know. Obviously, they're gonna need the you know the the help from all of the other action players and. And LeBron is going to be LeBron for the most part. I feel like he's been doing a great job of showing up and being who he needs to be for the team. But I think for them to go, you know, obviously to win this, this series and to go to the championship or to advance and, and deeper to the playoffs, Anthony Davis has to be an all-star top 10 level player for them. Talking NBA postseason with Quentin Richardson, former NBA player and host of the Knuckleheads podcast. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Aaron Goldhammer as we fill in for the guys. Shifting over to the Boston Celtics as uh, they take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Jalen Brown, after the game yesterday, Quentin, said that he needed to demand the ball more after scoring 12 points in the first quarter and then only taking three shots in the fourth quarter and overtime yesterday. Would you agree with Jalen Brown's assessment that he needs to demand the ball more late in games? Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's something that they feel comfortable on the team with. I mean, I think he, him, you know, he, Jake, Jason Tatum and the rest of those guys, they got a, they got a pretty good relationship. So, I mean, I'm always one to, to fit with what the team says, man. And I, I don't think anybody will have a problem with him stepping up and trying to make some plays down the stretch because he's one of that, you know, he's, he's one of their better players, obviously. Q, do you like taking a timeout, or do you like just going the way the Celtics did after Harden made the three yesterday? I think it's situational. I felt like I felt like uh, you know it was okay when they did it in the regulation. The game was tied up. Is what's the worst that could happen? We either win or we go to overtime, and you don't really get them a chance to. 
to set a play, but I, uh, I thought in the overtime they absolutely should have taken a timeout as soon as he, you know, as soon as Harden hit the three and they were down one point. I think, you know, that gives them a chance to come down and get, get them a play to go, you know, to go up one. Or if they miss, they can still do the quick foul. And now they now they play the free throw game. They only go down by three points. So I think they I think they should have called one right there and tried to get get a good solid play. Our guest is Quentin Richardson, former NBA player, of course, now the host of the Knuckleheads podcast. This is Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio. Gabe Nigel, Aaron Goldhammer in for the guys. Shifting over to a game four, that's tonight. Knicks, Heat, crucial game four for the Knicks as they try to pull even at two games apiece. Is there more pressure on Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle for the Knickerbockers? Um, I think I think Jalen I think Jalen Brunson, man. I think he he's the key. To them winning, he since he showed up, he's been you know I felt like the driving force behind the Knicks' success this year. I mean, obviously Julius Randle is a is a huge huge part of that. He was an All Star. He had an All Star season, and um I think I think Jalen Brunson. I, I'm not sure how his ankle is, but I know he's a warrior. He's going to tough it out. But I, I absolutely believe uh, Jalen Brunson has to perform at a high level for them to, for them to be able to win. Q, I think that Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns, could be a co-host with you and Darius on the Knuckleheads podcast. <laughs> after after what happened, what what was your? I'm curious as a former player, your perspective on that incident. Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? And who, if anybody, should be disciplined for it? Um, I think it was a situation where you know, uh, obviously, the, the in this situation, he, the fan is actually the owner. He turns out to be the owner, but. He's not involved in the game. What what Jokic was doing was trying to gain the advantage. Uh, I, I want to say it was a Kogi had fell to the floor and was on the ground. And in a lot of situations like that, you see certain guys, you know, they try to hurry up and get the ball and take it out of bounds so they think they had an advantage. Now, Ishbia, he, he held the ball. Like, he's trying to hold it away, hold it away from him. Now, to his defense, he was trying to give his team the advantage as well. They give his guy a chance to get up so that they couldn't get that fast break advantage. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't feel that uh, – I think it would be a different scenario if the, if the, the incident wasn't if, – if it wasn't Matt Ishby or the owner, I think if that was a fan, it would be – you know, he would have been handled differently. And um, I don't think Jokic should be should be suspended or fined or any of that. If, if anybody should be fined, I think it should be Ishby because he, he, was, he was getting involved in the game. And he's a, he's a – even though he's an owner, he's still a pedestrian when it comes to the game. Quentin Richardson, former NBA player, host of the Knuckleheads podcast, joins us on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Gabe Nigel, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Canty and Carlin. Sticking with that series, Q, have the Suns seized control now in their series against the Nuggets? I don't know about that, man. I think they did what they were supposed to do. I'm, you know, Denver came, they took the first two on their home court. Phoenix did a great job with, you know, without Chris Paul in the lineup, they did a great job coming back to Phoenix and, and holding serve. And they won their two. Now they got to go back on the road. I mean, everybody knows that, the, you know, the series, the playoffs already started. So one of the teams went on the road. So that's what we got to wait and see. If Phoenix can come back and, and get this, this, this next game in Phoenix, I mean, in Denver, that'll, that'll be a, a true a true victory right there. Q, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the couple of games we have for the NBA postseason tonight. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys having me. Anytime. 
Quentin Richardson, former NBA player. You can also catch him on the Knuckleheads podcast as he's one of the co-hosts of that pod. Or follow him on social media at QRich. NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Lakers host the Warriors. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Up next, fair or foul? It has to do with the NBA playoffs, but... Really more just Lakers forward Jared Vanderbilt because he was called out for buying $2,000 worth of clothes. He wore them on an NBA game night and then returned them the next day. Is he in the right or is he in the wrong? Aaron and I break it down next on Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Adam Schefter tweeting moments ago that the NFL is going to be releasing the regular season schedule this upcoming Thursday, a schedule that features 14 playoff rematches from last season. That's most in a season in NFL history. More on the NFL schedule coming up later on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Aaron Goldhammer as we fill in for the guys. But right now, we dive into this because I, I can't... I can understand an average Joe doing this, Aaron. I can have, you know, a, a regular guy. I would still give them grief. If one of my friends did this, I would give them grief. I would too. But I feel especially deserving grief is Lakers uh, player Jared Vanderbilt because he walked in, bought $2,000 worth of clothes from a store, wore them on an NBA game night, and then the very next day returned all $2,000 worth of clothing like I, I just I am beside myself that he would do this and I understand you're trying to make the fashion statement trying to save a little bit of money but at the same time man like if it's that important to you then just drop the 2k and move on so I guess first of all it was not some local boutique in Los Angeles I believe he purchased these clothes at a little store called Saks Fifth Avenue, okay? Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I think I've heard of it once or twice. Now, I have many questions. Did he cut the tags off the clothes? And then... Oh, that's a great did, question. Did, see, Do you, he, I mean, he, he, you got to keep the tags on. See, I, I, so I if have you definitely return it, dated, I'd assume so. I have dated women who have done this with dresses. Like, and I just, I couldn't, I just can't understand it. They, yeah, you know, they have to a, hide, they huge, have to hide. It's a huge flag to yeah. me. To me. Now, they have all these rental things. Like, isn't rent the runway like a thing where you can now sure. rent a dress? Okay, so do that. Don't to, – to buy a dress and then take it back, you're risking if you spill something on that shirt if you're Jared Vanderbilt. If you – if someone on the bus ride on the way back, you know, uh, has ink and it gets on your pant, like – you're not allowed to take those clothes back at that point. So you have to be very careful to make sure everything stays clean. Here's my deal. If you wear it around the house, you could take it back. The okay. minute the clothes, the shoot, the minute they leave the house on your body, they're yours. And you can no longer take it back. Once, they, once the clothes have seen the outside world, they, yes. are, they are now, that belongs to you. So like a pair of... Where do you stand on shoes? Like, if you're wearing the pair of shoes, you're trying to break them in around the house, maybe. Around the house laps. is fine, but the minute you take a step outside to pick up the mail at the bottom of the driveway, those shoes are yours, and they cannot go back to the store. So the shoe hits the pavement, that belongs to you. That shoe Co is now correct. yours. Correct. Correct. 
And look, sometimes you buy a shirt for somebody, it's the wrong size, whatever, I get it. Stores have to have return policies. And in a world where more, and I find myself doing this as well, Aaron, where more and more of the clothing I buy is online instead of going into the store, trying it on, see how it fits. Like, I, you know, yeah, then you put it on at home, maybe try it out a little bit. Ah, this doesn't work. I'll send it back. I think I agree with this policy. I, I really like this policy of yours. The second it it sees the free world and is yes. not in your house anymore, yeah, yes. then you can't return it. Especially with Jared Vanderbilt, the outfit was seen on national television Correct. during a highly anticipated playoff matchup. And you're wearing it, and then you're going, nah, I'm going to take it back. What are you trying to do? I disagree. Save the 2K? I disagree. What do you mean you disagree? Disagree totally. Fifth Avenue should be thankful. They should be thanking Jarek Vanderbilt for the free advertisement for them wearing their product during the runway of this but, but nationally Sh- televised Shannon, game. Hold, hold, hold if anything, the- they should be paying Jarek Vanderbilt. It does not have a Saks logo. He's not a billboard walking down the, <laughs> the tunnel. You know, it's not like he I was mean, holding the Saks so bag Jared, and you, came in. So, Jared, what are you wearing today? Oh, this little thing here? I got it from Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> they were Capri-style pants, really high socks. I mean, the guy's making millions of dollars a year, Shannon, and the salesperson clearly thought they had a money commission on their hands. And they were in the, you know, they were getting gifts. They went, they took their uh, family out to dinner, only to realize that they got the rug pulled out from under them because Jared Vanderbilt goes and returns the clothes three days later. If I'm Saks, I do not accept that return. I say, sorry, the two grand is on your credit card. What I'd love to know, Gabe, is anybody out there listening, they've worn clothes to a party and then returned them back to the store. I imagine somebody has pulled oh, this move I before. guarantee there's somebody listening right now. Give us a call, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. I guarantee there are people listening that have tried to pull this move. Guarantee. Also, if you work in retail, I just am fascinated to talk to you about this yeah. issue. <laughs> like, would you take it back? Did he bring it back? Or did he have, like, a stylist person who, man, it takes a lot of chutzpah. After you've worn something on ABC on Saturday night, and then you return it to the store and get your money back? He had to have kept the tags on, right? Like, Saks isn't taking it back without the tags. Let me ask you this. Does Saks now have to wash those clothes before they put them back on the rack to try to sell them to somebody else? Or do you get Jared Vanderbilt stank all over, and then you end up buying the... Does that make them more valuable or less valuable? But I, I think in, in general, though, when people return things, even if you may or may not have worn them out of your house, I don't think the department stores or whatever, I don't think they wash them because once you You're wash telling them, me they're no longer oh, new. You're telling me there's not a washing machine somewhere in this department store where you no, can just throw it in? They don't because I, once you wash it, it's not new anymore. Dry cleaners? Yeah. but then so it happens the, all the Sh- time. Shannon, then when you buy something, do you always wash it before you wear it? No, I have never. to. I oh, now I am. Before I wear it. It takes, now I'm going I'm losing straight. the color. No, it's brand new. No, I want that new smell. Look, if I'm paying money for it, I want that new You know what that new smell, smell is, I, I need that new the shirt new smell. The new smell is Jared freaking Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to smell like Jared Vanderbilt. I'm sure he's a fine-smelling fellow, but I don't want to smell like another dude. That's just me. Look, if you're in Los Angeles listening to us right now, get over to Saks. I want that outfit, and I'm going to frame it and put it up on the wall. It has a piece of NBA history 
That's what he wore to get fired up to guard Steph for the majority of the game. You know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to buy you guys an outfit from Fashion Over Men right now in both of you guys' (laughs) sizes. There you go. And if if you don't know what Fashion Over is, get familiar. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just they I, i'm still stuck on they have to wash it somewhat right you cannot no. be trusting people you I, cannot I, be emphatically I, I trusting people I agree if you are a department store i don't think so i think people they put are the hanger, worst Aaron. they put the hanger back on they put the clips back on they put it back on the rack and away they go well, and then they, someone now who knows where those pants are uh, uh, for for all we know, a uh, member of the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, went into Saks Fifth Avenue, and now it's his turn with the outfit. What if what if you are someone who goes commando, and then you return the pair of pants? Oh, Gabe. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to wash it please if you're the department tell me, store. J- Jared Vanderbilt, please tell me you didn't go commando and then return <laughs> the clothes. I'm sorry. You get cut from my basketball team if you do that. You're going to be <laughs> on the reckless street. Reckless behavior. <laughs> you're going to be... You're going to be sitting with Matt Ishbia if you do that. <laughs> Coming up next on Canteen Carlin, the 2023 NFL regular season schedule is going to be released on Thursday. Who do you want to see the Chiefs play week one? We discuss on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canteen Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canteen Carlin, the podcast.